Howdy, everyone. This is Adam Keskis. Welcome you back to the Founders Forge podcast. Today, Marcus Smith has entered the force to talk about the entrepreneurial journey of founding the Axon Pages business. Welcome aboard, Marcus. Thank you, sir. Uh, it's great being on my own podcast slash our own podcast. I know. Looking yeah. forward to getting your interview in as well. Yeah. But um, definitely glad to be here. Yeah, note about that. So uh, Marcus is one of the uh, co-interviewers of Founders Forge, and uh, we are doing this as our one of our first start uh, interviews. So we're going to just jump right into the, all this right now. How's that sound? Sounds great. Fantastic. Let's start out with the basics here. Like we've had this conversation before, but our audience obviously hasn't heard about this kind of stuff. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Like give us the the one and a half, two minute spiel about who you are, where you're born, what your favorite ice cream is. And, uh, and then we're, then we're going to dive into what the business is. Yeah. So um, actually, I, I think the favorite ice cream is a great place to start. My favorite ice cream is Mackinac Island Fudge, which is a very Michigan ice cream. Also happens to be where I was born and raised. And, uh, you know, I was born in the Midwest, which, you know, has its own implications. You can, you know, think through those. Definitely fairly Midwestern, though I moved to Texas as quick as I could once I graduated high school. Grew up uh, as a PK, pastor's kid, uh, in honors programs. I was in the math and science center, uh, very much in the uh, STEM and engineering space. Uh, love that type of stuff, always innovating. Ever since I was a kid, I was coming up with innovative ideas like uh, the, the, the way to make a good hoverboard. I was also doing entrepreneurial things like selling pistachios in the music room. So all those fun things. In college, I made custom longboards and you know pursued computer science and engineering so that's my career or i guess my educational background there and um, generally loved pretty much everything in life athletics as a in track did a pole vaulting which i think there's a really good comparison between pole vaulting and entrepreneurship but i'll we can talk about that later let's talk about that right now what is the yeah so um as a pole vaulter, uh, as an athlete, there are a lot of different things that you need to have to be a successful pole vaulter. Um, you need to have speed to be able to get momentum um, to, to put into the pole. You need to have upper body strength and core strength to be able to lift yourself above the pole. Um, you need to have balance uh, and you have to be able to react very quickly. Um, and and most, most of all, you have to be able to process outside factors and outside events very quickly in your mind uh, because there are a lot of different little things that you have to do to succeed as a pole vaulter. Um, you know, it's all about your arm placement and when you rotate the pole and all these different things. Um, and I think that, you know, parallels very much to entrepreneurship, you know, with all these different little things that you have to be, uh, be able to think about and then multiple different things you have to be good at. But ultimately, I think that entrepreneurship is like the sport of pole vaulting because you're only as good as the tool that you have. Um, if you have a bad pole, um, it can explode on you, <laughs> which has happened to me. Um, it may not be able to get you as high uh, you know, as if you would have a, a stronger or a longer pole. And 
uh, you're always competing against yourself. It's always, can I get higher? Can I get, you know, a cleaner jump? Can I do it in one try versus three tries? Um, and because it's a sport against yourself to some degree, and, and you know, of course, a, a standard, there's also some level of collaboration that you don't see in other sports where pole vaulters will share pole vaulting to you know their their pole with another vaulter because the vaulter has you know reached the limit of the capability of their pole um and so i just you know and if you understand entrepreneurship i maybe you're thinking through how those correlate but there are so many correlations in my mind um versus other types of sports uh, i see pole vaulting as a great analog for for entrepreneurship that's an interesting analogy. I like it. I like it. It's almost an analogy for life in general, but I can see the specificity for entrepreneurship, especially when it comes to like having this building up the speed and the momentum to move forward and pass over that those those big challenges that occur as an entrepreneur as you're as you're trying to build up your business, especially when you're first starting. So that's that's a pretty awesome metaphor. I like that a lot. So you already talked about you had a bit of entrepreneurship going on in your in your youth, you know, selling pistachios in the music room kind of thing. So you you kind of already knew you were headed towards entrepreneurship, or did yeah, you? Yeah, no, what's I, I think the, I've always um, wanted to be entrepreneurial. I've always wanted to pursue my own ideas, and I've always loved innovation and creation. And you know, to some degree, the business is you know a side effect of that. I think I'm more of an innovator than a business person, uh, but you know, as as I recognized my desire for innovation and you know creating the things that I love or I'm interested in, I recognized that you can only do that with the the business knowledge. And ultimately, I ended up going to school for uh, my, the technical degree anyway. But I think I did it because I recognized. That so much, especially for entrepreneurship, so much learning is done in the trenches, um, is done when you actually go at it. And I could, I could augment my understanding and the knowledge I had from my business minor, which I actually didn't get my business minor. I could augment that with uh, learning that happened along the way, um, things like the personal MBA, etc. And I can also go get an MBA, and that gives me most of the knowledge I would have gotten in undergrad anyway. Uh, built on top of a technical background, right? So, and you're, when you're talking about the personal MBA, you're talking about the book. Yes, the the book, yeah. the personal MBA. Uh, that's a good book. I recently pulled it off my bookshelf recently, and really enjoy that as a read. It's just a great way to to, to bone up on business and, and know the basics at the very least. So, so you had you you were minoring in business, so you had some of that, but you feel that you got you had reinforced it or got more out of just doing this in the trenches. So, what did, did you? Is Axon Pages your starting business here? What's the, or is it, or should we talk about Axon Collective for people to be aware of? Yeah. Um, so Axon Pages is definitely not my first business. This is actually why I like this story is because it, it's a, a fun representation of entrepreneurship. Um, so Axon Collective is uh, the first business that I really started um, with the intentions of it being a business, and it still exists. Um, it's a long play. Uh, and is ultimately, you know, how this podcast is happening and other things like Axon Pages is built on that business, which is uh, has the goal of creating a more accessible entrepreneurship uh, space and connecting the resources 
uh, necessary for founders to succeed. So that's Axon Collective, and, and we could talk through that all in a different time and a different story. But Axon Pages, uh, you know, was actually happened by accident, you could say. Um, and we're, we're just pursuing it now um, because we see where it fits and where it could fit in the market. But um, yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely not uh, our first thing. Our first thing was, uh, well, no, no. <laughs> our first thing was actually like a hardware product. Um, we were like, hey, let's go do this thing for 3D printing. And then we did the market analysis and realized that it wouldn't be able to cover the cost um, of uh, full-scale production of that product. So that was like, that was the first um, kind of product business um, that we're going to do and try to launch out of Axon Collective. Cool. So you, you had something going on before Axon Pages, a couple to- couple things, and you have the Axon Collective, which is like you said, we'll talk about some other time. But now that we're on Axon Pages, let's do the summary. What's the, what's the five word summary of it? And then let's talk about the details. Yeah. Um, so there's multiple customer segments. So I'll, I'll give you two. The first is your digital showcase, um, or you could say your digital business card, maybe. Um, and then the second is WordPress for platforms or uh, a digital directory builder, potentially. Um, so those those would be um, the short the short spiels. So let's talk two minutes. What's what's the two minute spiel of this? Yeah. So. Um, <laughs> Axon Pages is a modular, rebrandable platform that we created with the ability for different versions of it to be spun up quickly um, and configured to suit different uh, business use cases. It is a content sharing platform, uh, as I would call it, where individuals have profiles and different content that they are able to uh, upload and then link to and, and the ability to have you know URLs for those different specific pieces of content as well as general links that are on their profile that link out to the rest of their uh, digital footprint as I would say it. So you know you may have heard of Linktree this is uh, Linktree on steroids, and also with the ability for these platform creators to aggregate, you know, these profiles, these individuals with profiles and content into one platform meant for a specific purpose. So it could be a, a fitness content sharing platform. It could be a for a specific event uh it could be for a specific business and they want to have a directory of their their members and their different social links or or their emails or something like that um meant to be very flexible like i said rebrandable and and accessible it's 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 meant to break down the silos um, of our current digital space um by aggregating together those different little pieces so you can link um, between them Got it. Got it. And that's where the idea of the, the digital business card comes up because you can put so much more content on there than you can on a, a physical business card. And, you know, nowadays I was reading um, when I was kind of doing a little more research, it's like uh, one one article said the, that COVID-19 is the death of the business card, which I thought was kind of fascinating. 
And uh, so what I liked about this, because we, we talked earlier, was this comparison uh, with something like Patreon on one hand or Medium. You know, you're, the, the platform goes deeper than either of those uh, in terms of its rebrandability and in terms of, of monetization as well. So uh, can you elaborate on the monetization a bit? Yeah, so uh, this really, the, the strongest benefit of this platform is for content creators. Obviously you can use it as a, as a digital business card, but if I'm a content creator, uh, there are three things that you know I, I would say are, are important. The first is control. Uh, how, if you, how and if you can control your content and its distribution. The second is discovery, uh, the ability for other people to find you without you having to go out and tell them about yourself. And then the third is monetization. And you know these different platforms that exist generally do really well with uh, two of those, um, sometimes just one of those. Uh, so for instance, Instagram, uh, great for discovery, um, and decent for control, not good for monetization. Uh, you, you have to use, and, and content creators have to use another platform like Patreon to monetize, or you know they do direct uh, partnerships and they use something like an influencer marketing platform to monetize. Um, so what we're trying to do is, is collect those three together. And so you have the control, uh, you can you know hide, make private, make public different content pages that you have on your profile. And you can also control what groups that content gets shared into. Um, the group sharing piece is something we're working on. We can talk more about that, but um, it's, it would be similar to like what you know uh, with Medium and publications. Um, and, and Medium's great because you have discovery, you have control, um, and then you have monetization but Medium's monetization is purely through their algorithm. And so you have to be getting in the right publications and getting promoted the right way for you to be able to monetize. Whereas what we're trying to do with Axon Pages is take the monetization model of Patreon and, and merge that into that kind of discovery model and, and shareability. Uh, and so Patreon, I think, would be kind of the number one competitor specifically for content creators. You know, it's a place where they can kind of aggregate um, and monetize. Now, it doesn't provide a really good public way to, to promote themselves um, because it's, it's focused around the subscription piece, um, but the discovery just isn't there with Patreon. Whereas what we're trying to do with Axon Pages is both um, with the branded version of the platform as well as through groups have discovery, um, both for creators and the content they create that get uh, curated into those groups. Right. So you've got a lot of moving pieces going on right here. I mean, you've got the, you're talking about the groups, you're talking about how to monetize it. Uh, you're talking about content control. You're talking about, um, you know, like you made that distinction between how Patreon is not necessarily as discoverable as Axon Pages is intended to be. I mean, where are you right now in terms of the Axon Pages? Yeah. So the platform is in beta and we have the generic version the axon pages branded version of it out it's you know actually says axon pages beta uh and we have a couple customers that are currently you know we're currently working with to get them up and running on the platform 
because we're just beginning, there, uh, there are a couple parts of the content model and the monetization model that we need to shore up for them to really be able to do the business they want to. Uh, but those are, for the most part, going to be part of the platform long-term, um, minus a couple uh, custom specific to their business um, pieces that, that we're contracting on. Right. So so the, as a beta, you're using these customers as, as sort of a test bed for getting the work out there. And yeah. they're, 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 they understand that and they're <laughs> more than willing to uh, take a little bit of pain for the, uh, the benefits that the platform ultimately will they'll receive from the platform, mm -hmm. right? What's ironic is that actually um, our first ever like customer that was going to use it was at, uh, it was for a South by Southwest event that ended up getting canceled by COVID. Um, and so our strategy um, pre-COVID was very, very different. Um, than you know where we are now what was your what was your pre-strategy or pre-covid strategy so you know we built this platform and, and, and a little bit of background on, on the platform um it's a resurrected uh platform from our initial business our initial uh or not our, our like the initial thing that it was um was palatable it was well it was initially it, after several pivots it became a place for foodies to share their the food they had and provide check-in points for restaurants so they could drive traffic to the restaurants and and get basically a glorified influencer marketing platform uh and so that was like this initial thing and, and we created it it was using qrs and whatnot basically laid dormant except for you know for this one client that we were trying to use the general skeleton for until uh that this first client i mentioned where you know, it was actually a friend of mine that was doing this South by Southwest event and said, hey, I know you're doing stuff with QRs. And I was like, yeah, we are. Um, what, what do you wanna do with them? He told me, and I'm like, that's basically exactly the platform that we've created, which you know, still like alpha stage, like you know, I created it and it needed so much work to, to be able to do that. And so I, I put in the time um, to get it ready so that he could, um, could launch and have his event where the booth, you know, the table presenters could share their content on this platform, and then COVID nineteen killed South by Southwest. And we were initially, initially, we were going to basically use that to launch, then show it off to other um, events, uh, in person events, as a way to digitally share their their content at, at these booths uh, with a distribution model with QRs, and uh, have a model where the event uh, coordinator uh, would promote the use of this platform with their table presenters. And then the table presenter would go and use it and then ideally take it and use it at the next event they went to. And it would create this nice virtuous cycle of, of gobbling up the event space um, with using a digital content sharing platform. And then COVID happened. <laughs> then COVID put a monkey wrench into that kind of thing. Yeah. So so you hit, you hit a bit of a wall when COVID kicked in as, as many of us did at that point. What about a recent experience? Like what's a, what's a recent wall that you've come up against that you've needed to pivot around or, or change or adapt to? Yeah, so uh, funny, funnily enough, it's only been within the last several weeks that we said, hey, we're, we're using this for this many customers, you know, these couple customers. And, you know, <laughs> basically 
instead of putting it on the shelf, um, what if we try and promote the use of this platform and and make it so that it's it's usable by, um, you know, uh, I guess like off the shelf for other platform you know creators that want to rebrand it as well as for for content creators, and so. Right now, you know, we're we're trying to figure out what that like basically what that go to market strategy looks like. Um, it's not a I don't think it's a really easy one. Um, kind of to your point, you know, it's like there's there's all these different moving parts, right? Um, and so, how do I choose which of the <laughs> which of those moving parts um, that are are useful for which customers, and then you know choose a customer segment to go after and promote it to them. And then, you know, what does that promotion look like? How do I, you know, convince them that this is what they need? Whether it's a, you know, for a directory, uh, a user directory, or whether it's uh, specifically for utilizing just the generic Axon pages as a content creator. You know, do I go to individual YouTubers and say, hey, like, um, this is the, you know, this is better than Linktree and the best way that you can share, monetize and promote yourself? Um, do I go to a specific YouTuber that I, that, you know, has kind of a syndicate already and say, Hey, why don't you create a version of this platform specifically for your type of content and basically encourage them to create a business on top of this platform? Um, so I don't, you know, we don't have, um, the strategy, strategy lined out. Uh, we, we are intending to move forward with it. And, uh, you know, it might be that, you know, a couple months down the road, you know, we've tried these different channels and these different approaches and nothing stuck. And we say, okay, well, it, it is a really good tool for whenever we have a client that needs this type of thing, we'll just hold on to it that way. Um, my hope is that we don't, because I really think that this f- solves a problem and fits in a market gap, um, that is ever growing. And, um, and ideally, you know, we can we can wedge ourselves in there uh, to to be able to fill that. Well, I you know it's interesting because you you know you came up with a lot of existing alternatives. You've mentioned Linktree, for example, and you know in the Link Canvas you mentioned Haystack app and a few others. And so there's obviously enough. You know, there there is a a need for it, or there appears to be something along those lines. And so, how do you distinguish yourself from all of the other? uh competitors are out there right like you're you're more than just a business card yeah digital yeah. you are a you know a platform that goes beyond that but how are you distinct distinct from whatever patreon or, or other content management systems or something like that so um yeah it sounds like your big challenge is really bringing that focusing on some niche you've got choices right mm-hmm. but what, which of those choices is going to be the path to get you going yeah, and, and it's it's you know crafting copy that speaks to that specific you know customer, and and that right there you know <laughs> when you're talking about being an entrepreneur you think oh I need to create an awesome product um, I need to be able to have a good market um, I need to be able to monetize it well you know th- this will all be great but the reality is you know oftentimes the linchpin is just the way that you present it to your your user. And so if we don't, you know, figure out what that copy looks like, that, that wording, that, um, marketing as it were, um, is, 
then we could have a great product and a great market and all this stuff and never be able to you know hit that extra mile because of you know the lack of uh, of communication <laughs> the lack of the ability to communicate um, value uh, so that's you know you know what what's the barrier it's that um, probably I think we probably need to go and find you know a, a awesome copywriter who can you know come in and we can can work through that with uh, I'm trying to do some of that you know craft some of that myself uh, I enjoy the process uh, I'm probably not I'm definitely not the best at it. Um, maybe I, maybe it's not worth my time, but um, I'm at least, especially in this initial, you know, initial phase, trying to at least get something there um, for a specific customer base, get that copy down, um, and see see how it goes. Have you like done a market analysis to compare yourself against, you know, what the what the copy is out there, or you know, what's you know what's from your competitors, what sticks or doesn't stick, you know, maybe. Maybe that pulls out a, a potential gap that you can fill. Yeah, no, that's a that's a really good point. Um, I've I've looked a little bit. Again, you know, we're still <laughs> we're still kind of fresh and actually trying to make this a business um, instead of just having it be a product that we use um, and us being our, our own customer. Um, so I, I do think you're right. Um, going and doing an, a market, so you've got you've got the different types of market analysis, right? You've got the market analysis that says, oh, there is a market here and it's worth this much and it's worth pursuing, which actually uh, SignalFire did that all for us. Very happy, I'm very thankful for that. Thank you, SignalFire, uh, at least on the, on the content creator space. Um, but uh, uh, SignalFire has a VC arm and they just launched, they just put out this, um, this report about the content creator market. Um, but then there's also the market analysis of what are the other players in the market doing and what's been effective for them and what and what has not. Um, I think thanks to how I built this, I uh, I know the base story and I should go back um, and listen to Patreon's um, the the story of the making of Patreon. Um, but again, yeah, what is what does that copy look like? What, what does that look like? I, I should probably go and and do a little bit deeper dive into how they present themselves. Um, to those different customer bases. Okay, so uh, let's let's shift off topics here a little bit. Just you know, because the podcast is about the challenges that you're having, right? And we've talked a bit about how you're having these particular challenges in Axon, right? You know, the developing the technology and then especially marketing it and figuring out who the niche is and everything like that. So uh, you know, it's definitely something that uh, I think all entrepreneurs encounter at one point or another. But how about at a personal level? Like, what is your personal challenges right now as you are working on this product? Right, like you know, we can talk about anything. We can talk about your health. We can talk about your relationships. We can talk about how you're educating yourself for to improve. You know, educating your own mind so that you can thus apply new business knowledge to the problems that you are encountering with Axon Pages. Yeah, um, man, that's it's all types of stuff. Uh, sanity, you know, I feel like that's definitely a number one on the the radar of things that you should be aware of. Um, so uh, sanity is definitely on there. Um, I think for me, uh, I and this is just an entrepreneurship in general. I have started to see a cycle of burnout, um, where uh, especially more recently, it's like I'll, I'll have two months and I, I can go 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 go. Um, even even still taking like one day off a week, right? Um, and 
about two months in, I'll start recognizing like, man, my motivation is getting lower. These different kind of pre-indicators of what, you know, true burnout. um, And I have to like step back and recenter myself. Um, And so that's, I think that's an ever constant struggle. Um, Maybe I could say I've solved it, um, but it it takes a lot of self-awareness and the, the willingness and the intentionality to actually step back and take a couple days um, to like try to divest yourself of all of these things and all of these notifications and things you know coming up right um, so I don't know like um, balance is su- such a hard thing uh, for entrepreneurs and if you don't do it right um, you'll end up burning yourself out and it's funny because you look at entrepreneurs and they'll go they'll they'll have their success and then they go and decide to like take a year off and like go into the middle of nowhere and just chill or like do some type of social servant thing and like as an entrepreneur i totally get it because like man you know if i <laughs> if i can get this off the ground i might just want to do that myself um because of of that go 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 mentality right yeah we definitely live in a culture that you know promotes the whole hustle ideology of of just going 60 80 100 hours a week kind of thing and I mean, I, as when I used to work corporate, I ran those hours a lot and it definitely burned me out to no end. And, and I didn't even have the benefit of the, uh, the, the prospect of, you know, you know, making, you know, the, the hypothetical millions of dollars or whatever, right. You know, running my own business or selling it off or whatever the exit exit plan is at that point. And, yeah. You probably got better vacation time though. So, <laughs> oh, well, you know, it's the funny thing, right? About being an entrepreneur or being in corporate, depending on your job, right? Like, you know, it's only recently that I've seen vacation time be actually acknowledged as a necessary quote evil, right? You know, companies are starting to look at it less as an evil and as more as a benefit. And, but you know, the time I was in my career, right? Like, you know, there were more legal reasons for us to take uh, um, vacation time than there was actually practical, you know, health benefit reasons for taking vacation time. At least at least they didn't recognize it or, or mention it much. You know, last time I checked, you can only ride a horse for so long before it needs to take a break. And I think the same would be said for uh, for human beings in our minds. Yeah, I think that's a great metaphor. I think, I think that's a really great metaphor because uh, we do put ourselves through a lot and especially right now in this environment right trying to the hustle has to happen that much more and in these weird conditions of not being able to network the way you typically do and the communications are different and doing it over you know google hangouts or zoom or the like and everything's compressed so you can fit more uh stress and craziness into a shorter period of time yeah yeah right yeah exactly exactly so so it's good so what what do you do to relieve your stress Oh man, uh, hammocking is definitely on the top of that list, and prayer and meditation. Um, oftentimes, is what I'll, I'll try to do a lot of on on those um, recenter moments. Sometimes video games, uh, Legend of Zelda. Sometimes Legos. That's always also a good one. Lot of lot of hammocking, and generally, I'll, I'll try to like read a book or something like a leisure book. Well, those are all really great ideas. I personally read a lot. I know people who, you know, hike, go on, you know, when they can afford it, they go on vacations. Of course, nowadays, nobody's gone on vacation, right? <laughs> We've all been kind of stepped out of Europe and Southeast Asia and, and all those places. Um, so that's awesome to hear that you take care of yourself. Uh, let's see here. Um, it's about time to wrap it up here. But I do want to ask one last question. Um, 
what is something that you understand now that you wish you would have known five months ago? Man, that is a, a good question. Actually, no, 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 I, I know exactly what it is. This is totally irrelevant to anyone else. But if I would have recognized that everyone was try was going to try and use QRs for stuff, at, you know, as COVID happened, I probably would have like tripled down on just QR and like QR generation and, you know, QR sharing and, and really push that model just like hardcore marketed, you know, AdWords on Google for QRs. Totally irrelevant to anyone else. There will probably never be a moment where going and pushing said QR technology is going to, you know, make you a billionaire. Um, but I feel like it probably would have in this situation. Um, but maybe that's a, an analog for sometimes there are technologies and um, solutions that a specific event or um, or pivot point uh, makes more useful. And um, it's worth keeping your eye out for those. We kind of did that with QR, um, you know, when iPhone started integrating QR into their camera and, and whatnot. And that was part of our like value proposition. But we didn't take it to the furthest reaches of, of what it probably should have been. Hmm. Okay. So it's sort of like with COVID, right? That COVID happened and people who recognized opportunities for the change, the sudden change in the social shift of, of the world um, probably are doing very, very well right now, but that sometimes can be very hard even when the change is obvious. Yeah. You just got to keep your eyes open and, and, kind of look for innovative um, things before they become mainstream, <laughs> you know, and, which is, you know, it's hard to say, right? Uh, but there was like a, there was a developer who had figured out the custom widgets and whatnot for iPhone. And, you know, and that, that's pretty recent, right? And he just happened to do it well for himself. He kind of threw it out there. People thought it was really cool. And, you know, he's doing very well for himself because he ended up being kind of the first expert on this random customization of, you know, a partial market share of the smartphone industry. Um, but like he had, he had worked in that space for a long time before, you know, he actually promoted um, that specific solution. He knew how to turn it around and monetize it and whatnot, so. Yeah, preparation and timing is luck. <laughs> Forget who said that, is that, I don't remember. Uh, anyway, so, um, it's been a great time uh, interviewing you today, Marcus, about Axon Pages. Thanks for sharing your journey with us. And I'm saying this like we're not going to talk to each other again or something like that. Of but course, that's no. the whole point is we'll eventually. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. The whole idea, of course, uh, is that, you know, we're going to watch you and Axon Pages grow. And you're going to come back and you're gonna, we're going to have more conversations and you're going to share more of your challenges. And you know, we look forward to hearing from other people who are founders and starting things up and having their own set of challenges. So we want to have, uh, we you know, we want to put it out there. So thanks to all our listeners for joining us here today at the Forge. Uh, as always, feel free to reach out and join in the conversation or get on the shortlist to join us in front of the mic. And you can find all of the relevant links down in the show notes. All right, Marcus, take care. You as well.